about the messy thing? Anything else on the messy front, Chris, before we move on? No, I'm done. I'm done. I'm falling out. I told you, I never want to bring this guy's name up again. I don't know, man. This messy thing is just a freaking mess. What a disaster. I don't want to hear this name ever again until it's official. But they got me back. No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. And Todd is in the back room. <laughs> yes. Welcome, everybody, to episode 66 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Granada, alongside me, as always, is Mr. KBD. How are you doing, sir? Well, I'm not as good as uh, the Todd father, for sure. Oh, no, for sure. Because for sure. he, <laughs> is, I mean, I, I am elated. I am elated. My son walks away in the 80th minute. He's like, this, I already know what the score is going to be. I'm like, you don't know what the score is going to be. So I sent him to his room. Well, we came on a little later because we wanted to make sure that we got to, to record right after the 7.30 games. And more specifically, the Philadelphia-Orlando game. One, because we hate Orlando. Two, because our guest Todd Lewis is obviously a Philadelphia Union podcaster. Uh, I can't remember if he is a Philadelphia Union fan. I think he is. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. a lot of people get offended when we say, oh, yeah, you do a podcast, so you're a fan. They're like, no, 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 I'm not a fan. So uh, yeah, I'm yeah. going to ask him that. But uh, but definitely, I'm sure he's elated right now. So let's bring on Todd. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, uh, Daniel and Chris. Great to be back on the show. And wow, uh, your, your son, Chris. It's a good thing you sent him to his ring, right? I mean, you never know. And uh, this is this is the first for me, I think, uh, to record right after a game. And Jose Martinez scores a worldy a banger. first a career banger. goal. <laughs> he hits it first time. What, 35 yards out? Unbelievable. And Union fans, I mean, Union Twitter right now is like flipping out. And I kind of wish that we would have seen Jose Martinez score that goal at home. Because yeah. every time that he's come close people in the press box like freak out like oh my gosh like he's getting closer and closer and he goes out and pulls out that like of course his first goal was going to be a worldie like nothing's going to beat that yeah that was amazing i mean you guys lucked out when they took off that third goal off the board for orlando though no oh yeah 100%. i had a feeling that was yeah. coming off though i had a feeling that was yeah. going off i mean it felt like there was some some breaks for orlando and for you guys that was a weird game honestly because I felt like there was a there was a goal by Carranza. He should have got it in the back of the net. And yeah, obviously, Uwe we know had a chance well. in like the 48th minute. Uh, Glesnitz plays a great ball over the top. Uwe gets in behind, and goalkeeper makes uh, a good save on the ball there. Uh, I mean, the Carranza goal you just brought up, the Union go down. Good save by Schotterhar, the goalkeeper for Orlando. And then Orlando go and score the second goal of the game. I mean, you, you just can't make that yeah. stuff up. And uh, credit to the Philadelphia Union, right, for just – Having that belief that, hey, look, we're down by two goals and they tie the game up. And like you guys said, you know, into Miami podcast, you guys love that just as much as us Union fans love that. Oh, for oh, sure. Yeah. Watching yeah. Orlando lose is a highlight for me, when, especially when Inter Miami isn't, losing, isn't playing. I mean, that's, that's what I look forward to. Uh, but real quick, before we get into Philadelphia, I did want to touch on the fact that nobody is talking about the fact that Miami is riding a six-game losing streak. And we're going into... Philadelphia, which is one of obviously the better teams in the league. And there's a real chance that we could go on a seven-game losing streak, which would be a record for this franchise. And if you think about it, 
we play Austin, which isn't a great team. Then we play DC, and then I believe we play St. Louis after that. We have a shot at ending this first half of the season. I mean, I know it's a little <laughs> more than first the first half of the season, but ending this part of the season in a big hole. And I know everybody's like, well, Messi's on the team. We're not that far off from the playoffs. You know, we shouldn't worry too That's much. That's now. That's now. I, I was I was looking at it. Miami has 15 points. And we've been saying, oh, they're six points off. They're seven points off. They're eight points off. At this moment, we're eight points off of the ninth seed. And if we continue to lose, that hole is going to get bigger and bigger. And I don't know if Messi can feel that. I, I don't... We don't want to build a hole too big that Messi can't climb out of. And and that, I think that's the, the hardest part right now is the fact that, you know, Messi's coming with friends. But is it going to be enough to make up the hole that it seems like we're making for ourselves? What do you think, Chris? Well, I mean, you're right about that. There's there's no doubting that. And I don't know what uh, what Fitchy is, uh, is referring to. Yes. when it... The thumbnail. The thumbnail I put is we're trying to avoid disaster because we're – we're, we're digging ourselves a pretty big hole right now. And if we continue to lose, that hole will only get bigger. And the playoffs are going to be just a pipe dream at that point. And, and look at Dennis Odman saying open cup or bust. I mean, it seems like that's like legit the only thing that we have going for us at this moment. With a, with yeah. a FC Cincinnati waiting for us. Yeah, no, no. And, and the fact that we have FC Cincinnati as, as that team that we're playing against is rough. Uh, yeah, for sure. Todd. Before we get into Saturday's game, obviously I have to ask you your thoughts on the news of the month. What were your thoughts when you heard Messi is finally officially coming to the MLS and more specifically into Miami? I mean, you know, I talked about this briefly on my podcast. And at this point, like, what what can I say that other people haven't said already, right? And I'm, I'm sure yeah, you guys feel the same way. Am I jealous? No, I'm happy. I, I'm glad that Messi finally came. I'm I'm a little bit jealous that, you know, he's not going to be at the game this Saturday because, uh, yeah. full disclosure, I have season tickets. And uh, <laughs> I was really looking forward to making $1,000 plus on those season tickets. But, um, unfortunately, Messi's not going to be able to be registered in time. So uh, maybe you guys get into the playoffs and I can sell playoff tickets then. Um, but, you know, I was I was wondering this a little bit earlier. And I don't know if I've listened to anybody on podcasts speak about this. And that is, you guys know how MLS teams give the away supporters a certain amount of tickets for away games. And yeah. so those tickets aren't going to be price gorge. At least I don't think they would. Maybe a little bit, but they're not going to be the 500 plus dollars we're seeing tickets go for, right? I mean, yeah, that would right. just be insane if MLS teams decided to do that to traveling away supporters. It would be um, brutal. I mean, if they did that, I mean, the serious questions need to be asked. And I guess anything could be possible, right? I mean, you guys see the conversations that some teams are discussing going to football stadiums to make as much money when Messi comes away. I mean, you guys yeah. are talking about potentially playing at Hard Rock for some of your games, yes. too, just to capitalize on all that money you guys could potentially bring in there. So I, I haven't seen a lot of people bringing up the, the fact that, you know, there's a way supporters – could potentially you know buy their tickets and then sell them or you know how, how's that going to work right because you would imagine that okay people want to see Messi and they might try to get their hands on those away supporter tickets just to see Messi because they're cheaper 
You know, yeah, how, yeah. how are clubs going to deal with that? And I'm curious how, how all that's going to work. Yeah. And I had that thought today when I was coming on your po uh, podcast. Um, that's a great so question. And I hadn't considered that. And while, while, while we're talking, I'm going to text somebody from one of those supporters groups to see if they have any information on that. Well, see if I can get some info right now. While you text him, I mean, we had a, a person that's like heavily representing one of the biggest supporter groups here uh, for Inter Miami for Vice City. And he had mentioned to us, he had mentioned to us essentially that, you know, that there's a lot of people, an influx of new fans that are signing up to be in the supporter group because they know that that's going to be the most affordable yeah. way to watch the game. And I imagine that they are allotted some sort of amount of tickets. But if they have so many tickets and way more supporters, I don't know how they're going to divide that. And it goes to show, like what you were saying, people that are coming to Miami to watch their team on an away game, I imagine that they're having the same sort of deal where basically they're going to give this group uh, some sort of discounted way of being able to get tickets I mean, obviously, I don't think anybody's going to pay $1,000 per ticket, especially when you're traveling. Um, and, and Danny, I know he's working on trying to get a little bit more information. Oh, but I sent, I sent the message to two different people. Let's see if they get back to us. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, I know for our supporter group um, and our, for, for our supporter groups, they have an allotted amount of tickets for their spaces. I just don't know how that works versus memberships that they have. Um. I think that the prices that keep being reported though, and they're circulating around the news, is kind of ridiculous. Like I keep saying, like, oh, this ticket's going for fifty or like twenty thousand, twenty-five thousand. Like it's it's silly. Nobody's gonna pay that much money to go see Messi in person. Like I know, and yeah. some people have compared it to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is one game. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, oh, but last year he filled up Hard Rock Stadium when he was it was Argentina against like Honduras or something. Yeah, but back then we thought that watching Messi play live here in the United States was uh, once or twice in a lifetime. Now, there's a chance he plays in the United States for the next two and a half years, up to almost 100 games. Like, it's yeah. not as special going to watch him play. Now, I know that that very first game is technically special, and I know that th those tickets probably going to be the most expensive, but I, I think those prices that people are, are putting out there are just ridiculous. I don't think anybody's going to be spending $15,000 to be at that game. Well, I'm, and Danny, and and not to not to cut you off here. I don't know if you were going to jump no. in, Todd, but Danny has tickets to the first uh, potential game that that well, the first announced game for for Messi, July twenty first. Yep, July twenty first against Cruz Azul in the in the League's Cup. And if you go looking for tickets for that game, Todd, it is astronomical. I don't know if you saw it, Todd, but it is oh, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, but I'm that's a little bit jealous, right? I mean, <sighs> I'd 100% sell those tickets. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a special moment. Messi's first ever game for Miami in ML, well, the League's Cup, which uh, that's a whole different debate we don't have to get into. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't know. It's like, how can you go out here and make that much money that quickly? I mean, like. I, I would sell it. Like I told you guys, I'm, I'm jealous that Messi's not going to be here this Saturday because I would 100% yeah. sell my tickets. And then another thought I had, and I saw somebody bring this up on Twitter when it was announced Messi was officially coming. What's this going to do for people like myself, you know, uh, freelance journalists, you know, that get coverage, that have new problems getting into the press box. Now you're going to have more Good luck bigger national media trying yeah. to get into 
uh, the press box because they want to be there for Messi. So how's that going to work? Are they going to kick all the people that have been there? I know there's a lot of freelance people in Miami right now that mm-hmm. are covering this team. They've been covering this team since day one. Are they going to get pushed aside for the bigger people? Potentially. And I'm sure we'll see that all along. MLS, you know, there, there's press boxes. I don't know what the situation's like in Miami, but some of those press boxes that I've been into aren't that big. Philadelphia's, I think, only holds 34 people. And uh, I remember a couple years ago during, I forget what playoff game it was, like they had so many people apply for press credentials. They started putting other outlets in like the um, owner suites and whatnot just to get them in there covering the team. So would other teams potentially do something like that? potentially uh when i was in colorado a few weeks ago uh limited space there um and i'm sure that's probably the same for a lot of these these uh mls stadiums they, they have limited amount of space the stadiums aren't huge you guys see that right now at uh pink dry stadium right and there's talks that you guys could potentially expand which would kind of be wild that that's not well, even going to be a permanent are, stadium are. Yeah, but they are going to add 3,000 seats. They're going to add the, the corners because we have – our corners are open. All four corners are open. All three quarters are open. And um, and they, they said that they're going to add 3,000 seats before the 21st of July. So they must be hard at work at it right now. I mean, I live an hour away from the stadium, so I have no way to drive by and, and see what the progress is on that. I don't know if anybody in the chat has maybe had a chance that maybe lives closer to see what the, what's going on with that. But as of right now – that's the plan. 3,000 seats that are going to be added. And, um, I mean, I guess you get to accommodate 3,000 more people, but that's still not enough to, to kind of satisfy the, the hunger there is to, to be at that game, at least those first couple games. Yeah, for sure. But uh, let me go back to your original question, right? Um, and answer this a little bit more serious. Um, I think this is great for MLS. I think this is going to bring, you know, not, I mean, we, we see, right, you guys joke, Messi and friends, which one of uh, Messi's friends are going to come over and join him. But I think not only that, I think we're going to see younger talent want to come to MLS and say, hey, look, I want to play in a league with Messi. And yep. I-, I talked about this on my podcast, too, where Kai Wagner, uh, the Philadelphia Union's left back, his contract's up at the end of the season. I asked him about that, and he said, you know, this could potentially be my last season in Philadelphia. Well, you know, maybe he resigns because he wants to play in a league against Messi. He plays on the East Coast, could see Messi two times, maybe three times if they meet in the playoffs. Julian Carranza is a player that's been heavily linked to European teams here the last couple of weeks with reported interest from Europa League teams. Could he say, hey, look, um, I want to stay an extra year just to play against my idol, Messi? He's not shied away from that being his idol. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of young players, whether they're already in the league or, or younger players wanting to come to MLS just to play with Messi or against Messi. Well, I think that I think you have a great point. You make a great point there. I think that people aren't talking enough about the impact this will have on the MLS as a whole. It's going to help this league grow exponentially. People are going to want to play here, and you know, the 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 hunger to go play in Europe. Though, uh, uh, Carranza will go off and he'll play in a, I don't know, a bottom of the table Spanish team. I can't think of anybody. Granada, for example, my last name. He'll go and accept it. Go play just to say he's playing in La Liga. Well, when you start seeing that the MLS is growing, that the money's growing, the the salary cap goes up a bit. They add a fourth DP spot. More names are coming. Like I think that that helps keep those people here a little longer. 
And, and I, I agree with you. I think that that's going to help in the long run because people are quick to jump to Europe at the first chance, no matter what chance that is. Like I said, somebody will jump to a, a it was Tati Castellanos. Didn't he end up in a second division team in La Liga? Like it wasn't even the, the top, the top league. And, that you might stop seeing that now, and they'll stay in the MLS because the MLS is going to continue to grow with talent. And honestly, I think the reputation is going to grow a lot more over the next few years, also. Yeah, Tati, uh, Tati was loaned to uh, Girona, which is a part of the City Footballing Group's uh, network of clubs. They play in La Liga, so he did actually get to play oh, in so, La Liga. So, so it was, he was okay. So it was La Liga. I know he put up four on Real Madrid, and that was beautiful. What were you gonna say, Chris? I saw you about to say something. Um, no, I mean, what I was gonna say. Remember, we had uh, we had Tommy two time uh, on the show a couple a couple weeks ago, or about a week or so ago, and he he was talking about how he thinks that sooner rather than later the MLS can be able to fend for like a top uh, spot within all the leagues in the world. I mean, listen, I could realistically see that. I mean, there are some pretty big names, some nice names that are actually interested and. In, we're talking about we're fresh off of a month of Messi sort of committing to the MLS. So I don't think it's that far, far-fetched to, to what Tommy Two-Time was saying, Danny. No. And and as I was speaking, I'm, I'm sorry to, to change the subject, but I needed to address uh, Mr. Fax real quick. Because I saw Mr. Fax running and, and saying that we needed a good goalkeeper. We have what could be, I would say, top three possibly in the league, right? goalkeepers in the league and then he said looking at the standings it's not true i'm gonna tell you if he wasn't part of this team our goal differential would be a lot worse a thousand our our defense has not been very good we'd be leading the league in saves okay and we're gonna get into philadelphia right now so for those of you that are new because i know a lot of new, new people to the channel that are new to the mls our defense isn't very good. Our goalkeeper is great. To tell you how bad our defense is, we've surrendered the second most shots against in the league. And Drake Callender, our goalie, is leading the league in saves. How bad is our defense? The Philadelphia Union, the team that we are about to play, have only faced 54 shots against. Drake Callender has saved 67 all on his own. He has saved more shots. <laughs> this guy's Spider-Man. more shots than Philadelphia has actually seen against their team altogether. Like, our, our goalie is good, and Philadelphia's defense is also good. And I guess that's a perfect segue into Philadelphia. And and just, just, so, just so we can also let Mr. Fax know, look, it's no big deal, man. If you're new into the team, welcome. Just... Uh, check some of the games out so you can see how good of a goalkeeper we do have and how terrible our defense is because if it wasn't for him, we'd be getting outscored like 100-0 to zero every single game, guaranteed. I, I, I didn't sound like I was being rude, Mr. Fax. That's not what I meant. No, 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 but I know that the guys in the chat, they're going to go a little crazy, and, uh, you know, I just want to tone it down, just let everybody know, hey, there's some new people here, so, you know. Uh, and uh, I wanted to get into Philadelphia, but... You brought up spiders, and I don't know, Todd. Did you hear about this story about our our backup goalie, the one that I think is the highest paid backup in the league? Um, did you guys see his comments on Messi a couple of weeks ago? Yes, yes. I did. And I mean, they were all factual. We aren't ready for it. Like we go, we have, we've attended a tailgate a couple of weeks ago, and yes. the Green Lot. Shout out to Green Lot guys. The tailgate is literally next to the entrance of the training center. 
So as we're tailgating, I'm not exaggerating, Todd. Players are walking ten, from the training ten, center. Ten to feet, ten to fifteen feet away from us. They're walking from the training center to the stadium. No security. They're just walking. We wave at them, give them one of these, they give one of these back and just keep walking. We this team is not watch. ready. <laughs> this team is not ready for Messi. Like they have a full month. Like today's June 21st. They have to July 21st to get ready. But Nick Marsden wasn't wrong. This team isn't ready for Messi right now. I don't think this and, league is, honestly. Uh, no. Quick story I can give you guys. I mean, uh, Go for it. Yeah. 2021, we played Club America, and they're obviously the biggest club here in the continent. And they completely took over Subaru Park where the Philadelphia Union play, which is no surprise, I think, to anybody who knows how big of a club Club America is here in North America. Mm-hmm. And during the game, before the game, I mean – to get to the stadium, there's a couple of different ways, but one of the main entrances, uh, you come off of the bridge and traffic was stopped. Like from the bridge to the stadium, you're probably less than 0.5 miles from the stadium. Can and you see it the took me from the stadium? Yeah, yeah. You yeah, 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 you see it in the background. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It took me an hour and a half to get from that point parked into the stadium. An hour and a half because Club American fans have completely taken over this bridge out of their cars, selling scarves, selling jerseys, selling whatever <laughs> they could sell. And then you get into Subaru Park and you see nothing but Club America fans walking around the stadium, just selling gear. And then during the game, you hear nothing but Club American fans all in yellow all around the stadium. And it's like, are we sure this is at Subaru Park? Probably not. And <laughs> then after the game, all the fans ran onto the field and security were overwhelmed. Oh, really? They couldn't do anything about that. And that's, for Club America, now imagine Messi coming. Like <laughs> security around MLS is not ready, and I know uh, the Athletic uh, had an article where the mayor of uh, Miami or Fort Lauderdale, I forget which one, said, "Yeah, we're ready for this. We're going to be prepared." You're not. Yeah. You are not. You, nobody is ready for the craziness that Messi's about to bring here. I mean, we see it every time that Argentina plays uh, international duty. There's at least a couple fans that run onto the field to take pictures with Messi. It's going to be mm-hmm. 10 times that here in America. And these fans and what, don't care, right? Because they'll take that ban for once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to potentially get a picture with Messi, to touch Messi. They'll take that ban. They don't care. Yeah. They, they weren't MLS fans to begin with. They're Messi fans. And, and now for Messi to play in their own backyard? Oh, man. Nobody's ready for this. Well, and, and the crazy part is, is in our last game that we had here, the last home game, there was like six or seven kids that jumped over Man, like wasn't that many? I think it was, it was only like two. It was like I saw like six or seven, but like three of them pussied out halfway, like halfway <laughs> on the jump. Got it, got but, it. And then the other kids, they just jumped onto the field like nobody caught them, and they they ended up rolling on the ground like idiots. But imagine hungry people that want to be next to Messi and take pictures and talk to him. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a circus. I'm looking forward to it, man. I I'm so excited. It's gonna be so fun. <laughs> it's gonna be so fun. Um. All right, so I guess it's time to transition over uh, to, to Saturday. Oh, before I do, Chris, one more time. What are you thinking as far as us going on a seven-game losing streak if we lose on Saturday, before we get into the game? Like, are we going to start addressing this, or is everybody still on cloud nine about Messi and nobody gives a crap if we lose the next four games and go into that break on a 10-game losing streak? 
I think nobody really cares this year. Like we got, we got messy. Uh, whatever we get is whatever that happens. I think everybody's completely cool with taking L after L. I mean, uh, maybe I'm wrong, right? Like we talked to a couple people. There's some people that say you got to hit the ninth seed for it to be a success, a successful season. Others say I really don't give a crap what happens. I mean, at this point, you know, uh, there's a lot of people with different opinions. I do think that for us to have a successful season, we have to get the ninth seed. Um, but if we don't, if we don't, I don't see many people gonna that that are gonna be upset with that. Well, because all, all the new fans are just worried about Messi, right? And I think yeah. uh, everybody's gonna be like, oh, you know, we'll, we'll get better players around them next year. I, I I care about the ninth seed. I care about the playoffs this year. And my fear is that we're gonna make a hole so large that we're not gonna be able to get out of. All right, but Mr. Fax, you gotta enjoy it, man. Seven game losing streak. Just take it. Just take it, man. brother. It, just it, take it, it and live with it. it. You'll it learn might to be, be a better way. fan. It well, might be I want to add way. something else uh, about Drake Calendar. Uh, you guys were talking about earlier. Uh, looking at his underlying stats um, for saves that he's that are supposed to be goals, but he's making the saves. Um, he has the he's number four in all of MLS uh, post shots, uh, expected goals. Uh, with a uh, plus three two, which uh, is outstanding. I mean, that means that he's saving three goals, three shots that should have been goals, and that, that's up there. Yeah, exactly, and that that's yeah, up there with the likes of Daniel, who I think is an underrated goalkeeper in San Jose. I mean, it's better than Andre Blake. It's better than Petrovic, who some people argue is the best goalie for New England in MLS. And Jake Callender is number four on that list. Yeah, definitely an underrated goalkeeper. Petrovic is second in saves in the league, so they're they're neck and neck as far as saves goes. But I don't think that that's a stat that you should be proud of. Like last year, I was telling everybody, Blake was the best goalie last year, but he wasn't leading the league in saves because they had a good defense. Like that's not a yeah. stat to be proud of because if you're if you're leading the league in saves, that means your defense sucks. Big so, time. all right, so let's let's talk about Philly now. So for those of you that are new to this channel and new to the MLS, Philly was a monster last year. Not only were they a great team, although they lost in the final, they brought back their basically their starting 11 again this year. So everybody assumed, well, this team's going to dominate this year. First eight games, two wins, two draws, four losses. But I'm assuming, and I'm obviously I'm going to refer to you to tell me if you think that I'm right. This has a lot to do with the fact that you guys were playing so many games because of the CONCACAF Champions League. And I'm assuming that's why you guys ranked up those early losses. Because since you guys stopped playing in that tournament, you guys basically haven't, you've lost one game. Almost two today, but you've lost one game since then. Now, is that why you think that, that the, you guys started off so slow at the beginning of the year? Yeah, I mean, historically, the Union have always been a team that starts slow. Uh, obviously, last season was the exception where they they started hot right out of the gates. And um, which was a little bit surprised because Mikael Uwer, who uh, they brought in last season from Bronby, uh, one of their designated player strikers, um, he missed some time with an injury, and so he didn't come back, I want to say. Uh, I think they tried to bring him back against Montreal, which was one of the first three games, and then he aggravated the injury again, and then he came back until May, something like that. But yeah, the point is that he didn't really get adjusted to this team until the summertime with Carranza and Gazdag, who that, that trio scored the most goals last season in MLS uh, with 49, which I think was up there too. The top five most goals ever scored by a trio in MLS. And uh, that's a 
pretty outstanding stat where it took these guys from the summertime to the end of the season. So you're looking at three months for them to score 49 goals together. That was freaking fantastic. And I, I do think the other part of the reason why the union started slow was because they're in CONCAP Champions League. And Jim Curtin mentioned it multiple times at the beginning of the season. We're going to prioritize every single competition. And we all knew that that wasn't going to be the case. I remember coming on this show back in March, I want to say. It's been forever, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And we talked about squad rotation, and I don't think the Union actually rotated as they much didn't. as everybody we thought they were going to rotate. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And credit to Miami. You know, one of the, the positive results of the season uh, for it. Miami, they, they they beat a strong Philadelphia Union squad. And, um, yeah, the, the Union just prioritized Concaf Champions League, they, um, for whatever reason, just historically get off to a slow start in the league. And uh, we, we've seen them travel so many times to El Salvador, out to L.A., down to Mexico to play Atlas. And th- there was a lot of traveling by this team early sure. on in the season. And, you know, this is a great time to remind people, you guys have a lot of new listeners to the podcast. This isn't like Europe. Mm-mm. North America is huge. You go from mm. the East Coast all the way to the West Coast. It's a six-hour flight one way. And, yep. yeah, you might have a fancy charter plane, but you're still cramped up in a plane. It's not like, okay, you're getting on a bus or on a train, and you're on the other side of the you're country in an around. hour. Yeah. It's not the case at all. Now you got to adjust for the time zone. You have to adjust to the, the climate, the altitude. And all of that played a factor, I want to say, for the union, for – the um the reason that they got off to a slow start and uh I'm, I'm trying to mute myself i have so many people texting me for this crazy game we just uh, yeah mentioned. i bet i bet um i thought i had my notifications turned off on my phone obviously i don't we excuse it last time yeah, you were happened. on i had the worst internet connection in dallas texas so thank yeah i was gonna say hey look we're, we're off to a good start because daniel <laughs> uh his computer was dying and so hopefully it's not yep. dying this time uh no, chris Cutting in and out, and for most of that show was just Daniel and I, and so yeah, it's my turn to uh, have a little bit of a hiccups. So, yes, <laughs> it all comes uh, full circle, but yeah, that 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 would be the reason why the Union got off to a slow start. But don't discredit what Miami did against the Union early on; they took advantage of a full starting eleven Philadelphia Union team, and you know capitalized on some of the Union's chances, brought it to the Union, and we've seen that. Throughout the whole season, I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit. The Union start game slow. We saw it against Orlando City tonight, and it happened against Miami too. And so uh, that's something I'm going to be paying attention to on Saturday between these two teams because Miami, they, they brought it to the Union last time these two teams met. And, okay, yeah, they, they might be in last place in the East. But you know what? You mentioned it earlier. They need to get as many points as they possibly can to try to get into that playoff spot. The Messi can't carry this team if yes. they're 12, 14 points out of a playoff spot. Uh, I mean, maybe he can, but it's going to be a tough ass just for Messi to do that alone to get in to ninth place. And uh, the results, you know, whether it's a point or three points, you know, they've got to start coming from Miami. And so um, slow starts for the union. I'm definitely going to be paying attention to that this weekend. Well, you guys allow a lot of goals in the first 15 minutes, no? Yeah, uh, five goals, uh, which is tied for the most in MLS. Uh, that might have changed because more games are going on as we're recording this. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, they were tied with Charlotte for 
five goals given up, which is funny enough. I had one of my buddies that was in Orlando tonight texting me. He's like, you know, what happened to all this talk? Oh, the union don't concede goals within the first 15 minutes. And uh, last year it didn't happen at all. Like it was the complete opposite. The union were scoring a ton of goals in the first 15 minutes, but history showed that the union always conceded within those first 15 minutes. And now it's happening again this season. And I, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, you said it, Dan that this team is the same as last season. And, like, what is it? M- mentality? Just why, why do they get off to a slow start? And um, my buddy Kyle texted me. He asked Jim Curtin that right now in the press conference. Uh, we're recording this live, and Jim Curtin's press conference is going on. So one of my buddies, I was like, hey, can you ask this question? Because, you know, you guys asked me to be on this podcast. and We appreciate you taking the here. time. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. So uh, my, my buddy texted me. He's like, oh, you're going to love Jim's response. So I'm, I'm curious to see what Jim had to say to that. But, um no, well, I'm, I mean, you you guys you guys lost five games all year, all last, last year. season. Yeah, you have five losses already, and we're halfway through the season. So obviously, it's it, like you said, you lost to Miami. We thought it would be heavy rotation, but they didn't rotate. Now I don't know what eleven you guys put out there the weeks leading up to the other Champions League games. I don't know if you guys finally used some rotation, but that wasn't the reason you lost at least one of those games. So no. you guys have lost five games so far but you guys finally started picking it up. Is it only because you guys didn't have to worry about the travel for Champions League anymore? Like, do you believe that that's why the changes happened? Because you guys went nine games unbeaten and you've lost to, what was it, Charlotte, was it? Uh, Orlando. Lost- we lost to Orlando no, no. at home. Um, what, what team? When? No, the, this past weekend. Oh, uh, San Jose. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, San Jose. San there Jose. you go, San Jose. So you lost to San Jose and that, that's the only loss since then. So something's finally clicking. Yeah, um, I mean, you can definitely credit it to the Union just not playing in the U.S. Open Cup or not playing in the CONCACAF Champions League because uh, I've been saying this a lot on my show. You know, this run has started, if you look, at Chicago. And even if you want to look before that, they played in the U.S. Open Cup. They went 120 minutes against Minnesota United, lost in penalties. Union were down 2-0 in that game. They brought it back 2-2, and then the Union went down 3-2, and then they found a way again to make it 3-3, and then they went to penalties. So um, th- this team showed a fight in them that, hey, look, it doesn't matter how much we're down by. They've been down by two goals, and what do they say? Two goal leads the most dangerous in soccer, and we saw it against Chicago. The Union were down 2-0, two- and the Union scored two goals to tie that game up 2-2, and then it, it was just a nine-game unbeaten run from that Chicago game all the way – to this past weekend where they lost to San Jose by a score of 2-1. But during that nine-game beating run, the Union had seven wins, two draws, and that tied a club uh, record for most uh, unbeaten games with nine, which they set last year previously. But uh, I thought this was interesting too, where they have seven wins during that stretch of this season. They had seven draws instead of seven wins a season. And so they turned those draws last season into wins this year. And they had 19 goals for six goals against. And 16 of those 19 goals were scored against the Union's front three of Daniel Gazlag, Julian Kranza, and Mikhail Ua. Five for Gazlag, seven for Kranza, and four for Mikhail Ua. And um, not only were the Union winning at home, but they were finding ways to win on the road. Going to New York Red Bulls, won that game 1-0 because of Daniel Gosling penalty. Going to Colorado, which has been a difficult place for teams to win at because of the altitude. And uh, the Union decided, you know, we're going to fly out there the night before. And 
then when we wake up the next morning, it's going to be time for the game. So we're really not going to have to adjust too much for the altitude and the union were able to come back in that game against Colorado. And um, yeah, they, they've been good during that stretch. And San Jose was the only, the only loss, like you said, during that run. And uh, tonight could have been two losses back to back, which, okay, maybe Orlando into uh, Miami is going to feel good about that. Okay. The union are, are stumbling here a little bit, but they, they found that belief in themselves where, you know, we're not down, you know, and they even showed fight last week against San Jose, even though they lost that game two one, there was chances in Daniel who's been such a underrated goalkeeper in MLS. And um, I don't know if you guys are watching a ton of uh, MLS season pass. I know I'm not uh, just cause I, I hate that all these games are played at the same time. And then yeah, it's when the West That's... coast games are going on, you're probably driving back from into Miami games, just like I'm driving back from Philadelphia games. And yeah, I can listen to the game through the, the radio and everything, but it's like, I don't want to do that. I want to digest, listen to my music and whatnot. And, yeah. Um, I guess you guys are doing a little bit more grieving than Philadelphia fans yeah, making that drive sure. back. <laughs> but um, yeah, the, this nine game run has been, yeah, for sure. And this, this nine game run for the union has been uh, enjoyable to watch and nice to see them bounce back uh, tonight against Orlando to make it two, two. We do like well, to watch San Jose because uh, their coach actually used to be the coach at our high school. So wow. Yes. Lucci yeah, Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah. I love uh-huh. Lucci. Yeah. So that's the connection well, there. And one of the things I wanted to talk about was the fact that, like, honestly, I anytime that we play against Philly, I, I still get kind of shook because uh, bottom line is it's uh, Philly's a good team. And even though we won the first game, a couple of differences now from then, I mean, we don't have Mota. He's done. We don't have Gregory. He's also done. We have Coco Jean, who scored a goal that game against you guys, he just got he just got done last week. Don't get and me started on, top- on ACL injuries in soccer, especially in turf fields. In turf and turf, yeah. Don't, oh, don't get me started on that topic. I yeah, ran into I, the last I, two episodes on my show about that. Don't, don't get me started on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and uh and then we also have Robert Taylor who had like a beautiful blast off the volley, right? And he's always a, a very good player in terms of uh I guess having his little freestyle moves or or you know having creativity. But He's other than that, that we have that could create on his own for sure. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, everybody is like a shell of themselves. Like Pizarro, he just got back from injury. Uh, I don't even know. I don't even know if half the people that we had playing you guys are going to be on the team this weekend. Because at this point, you never know. Right. So I, I don't know. I mean, this isn't in the bag as much as I'd like to feel whether you win or, or lost this game today. I still would have been shook about this game. And and then look, eighty six is mentioning it also. Arroyo, who filled in for Gregory, who got picked up specifically for his position, that guy's been done also. So like, we got a bunch of garbage. Ma- we got a bunch of garbage bags playing soccer. A bunch of janitors, a bunch of food vendors. Like, where are the soccer players at, Danny? Or, or are we just waiting for 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 Messi to come over here and 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 play soccer and make everybody look beautiful? uh that's exactly what they're waiting for i mean that's what i'm that's that's what i'm waiting for Uh, but i don't know todd if i were to tell you that messi is coming on to a 15th place team in the east a bunch of young guys and let's say he's not bringing busquets or jordi alba like everybody's saying do you think him alone can change that team and those players around him to all of a sudden improve 
to a playoff team just with his presence because I'm having a hard time believing that that he can make that much of a difference on his own. I mean, this isn't five-on-five basketball. So, like, you got 10, 10 players plus the goalie here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's – I mean, Messi's going to draw a lot of double teams, yeah. triple teams at time, right? And he, he's a creative player where he's going to be able to see, okay, where the space is on the field, where these players are leaving their position, now slot that ball in. Now the question becomes, okay, do you have – the players that can finish off those chances. Do you believe Leo Campana, you know, who's had a rough season compared to last season? Uh, Joseph Martinez, okay, is still not the Joseph Martinez he was in Atlanta. Can he finish off those chances? And then you guys mentioned it. You have a lot of young pieces here in the midfield. Um, well, look, this is a conversation. This is hey, a conversation we've had in the past. We've said if we brought back Bosuelo. Right now, we would be a playoff team. And every every Inter-Miami fan, well, let me not say every, but the majority of Inter-Miami fans truly believe that because where we've lacked is in that final third. And because we've lacked in that final third, we have to push up too high with our fullbacks, which leave us susceptible to the counterattack. And that's how we've given up a lot of those goals, right? Where we had, who was this? It's Kai Kamara, which is like 57 years old, and he beat us on the counter. How old is that guy? But because it was the 93rd minute, and Yedlin with his newborn son was gassed and hadn't gotten no sleep over the last couple weeks like it's been painful to watch our fullbacks go up that high because we have no creativity otherwise so in that aspect i think messi changes the offense a lot because he can create he can get uh joseph into the position that he needs to be or campana kind of like Pozzuolo did for Higuain last year so i do think that he will help a lot but can he take this team overall from last to ninth or eighth I, I I don't know. I I'm I'm finding it hard to believe. I mean, you said what? They're they're eight points out of nine. I believe you said. Um, yes. They, they've got to start getting points. They, I said that earlier, right? I mean, whether it's a point or three points, um, Jim Curtin says this all the time. You know, you got to take care of your business at home. Which Miami was a team last season that was dominant at home. We talked about last episode. Six out of the last ten games last year, Miami won to get them into the playoffs, and they've got to start winning these home games. On. Now we're uh, hot sewage. Yeah, yeah, they're not doing it at home, and um, doing it on the road's always difficult. But maybe it happens this weekend against the Union with Joe Bendick in the goal. Joe Bendick was horrible tonight against Orlando City. So I mean, that, that's one positive for uh, Miami fans to look forward to that Joe Bendick's probably going to be the goalie. And if it's not Joe Bendick, if they do go with uh, Trent Holden, who they just drafted this year in the Super Draft, which the Philadelphia Union never draft anybody in the tr- super draft. I mean, do, do you really feel comfortable putting a college kid in there in an MLS game? Probably not. I mean, Jim Curtin said as much Monday in his press conference, yeah, we're going to go with Joe Bendick because he's the veteran guy. He's played over 100 games in MLS. And yeah, that, that's great. And everything that he's played over 100 games, but here's why he, he goes from team to team in MLS. He's, he's oh, not yeah. a good goalie. He's a great locker room presence, but if you got to rely on him week in, week out to start, which the union do, the next couple of weeks because Andre Blake's going to be missing because he's in the gold cup with Jamaica. Uh, things can get a little bit rocky here for the union. So got to take care of the results at home. I believe though, this is their only home match. And then the next three or four games are on the road. So yeah, it has to be a win here this weekend for the union, but I don't feel confident because Joe Bendix in the goal and Ken Messi, Ken Messi turning around for Miami that the farther and farther they get from that playoff line. I'm, I'm going to say, He's going to get it close for Miami, 
But I don't know. I mean, the, the farther and farther they get out, I mean, if we start saying 9, 10, 11, 12 points out of the playoff line, you might have to look forward to next season. And, uh, okay, yeah, just enjoy that Messi's here. You, you're seeing him in person. But, yeah, th- this season's going to be a wash. It was all about getting Messi, right? <laughs> well, and and a point that this guy, uh, that, that Armand Mirza makes. This guy? What do you mean this guy? Jesus Christ. Uh, I mean, I, 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 didn't, I, I didn't read the name. He... Uh, <laughs> he looks like he wants to sell me a, a Dodge Charger. Uh, Arman, where my Dodge Charger at, buddy? Uh, ownership, I bet rather Messi and 15th place than first place and no Messi. That is gold. Arman literally had the best comment right now because that's facts. And mm. it answers your question right there, Todd. I mean, you don't think so, Danny? I mean, Todd mentioned it. Like, I mean, if we if we keep losing yeah. games and we're dropping more and more, it doesn't but, I mean, seem they, like well ownership wants to win. Like they, there's more money in playoff games. Like they don't want to lose. There's business in making the playoffs. There's also business in the spotlight around the world because of Apple TV, which is a great way to watch, is now focused in on Miami. So for Messi's legacy, right? You don't want Messi to come in here and be upset. And just for the, the franchise altogether, you don't want to look and be embarrassed. You don't want to look bad. Like, you yeah. now know that everybody's watching you. Like, everybody was criticizing Miami for losing against who was it that we lost against? Uh, New England? And because everybody was like, ooh, Messi's team. Let's check out Messi's team. And then we got Molly whopped. Like, and that was without Messi. Imagine that were to happen with Messi once everybody's watching. And all, all the, the stupid stats. You know, if Messi comes and he loses the first three games, you know, ESPN with his, their stupid stats. This is the first time in Messi's career that he loses three consecutive games. Like, you know, stupid shit's going to happen like that. So, no, there is absolutely no way that ownership is okay with losing because they don't want that negative stench on their team. Yes, they're happy that they have Messi. Yes, if they don't win the cup, they're going to be okay because they got Messi, but they need to see some positive production. They can't keep seeing this garbage that we've been seeing over the last couple months. Did you see that Armand has a Dodge Charger? Look at that. I'm on the money, uh, baby. Hey, Todd. You are the quick. man, Armand. Todd, you said that you are fearful because Blake isn't playing and Bendix sucks. Let me ease your fears just a bit, okay? Let the battered herons make you feel a little better about playing against our herons. Inter Miami have the second least shots in the league. We do not shoot the ball. Because we suck. We don't know what to do once we get to the final third. And until we get messy, we will continue to suck. Now, Coco Jean was playing decent. He is now out. Joseph and Campana don't know what to do with each other. It's been a mess. So overall, you do not have to worry about not having a goalkeeper. I honestly don't think you need a goalkeeper. I honestly believe you could play with 11 men on the pitch and leave the goal open, and we will figure out a way to not get a shot on target, sir. I mean, we don't so have last Let me anymore. ease yours. <laughs> who, who do you think is in last place on shots on target? Oh, no, it's not us. Okay, forget it. I thought it was us. No. Okay, so we, we get, we, we're not last in shots on target. But we're, Chicago? we're horrible. Yes, it is Chicago. Yep. <laughs> Chicago has only 48 shots on target all year. That's rough. Ooh, that's, that's bad. Rough. That's rough. Uh, so... Outside of Bendik, do you have any worries about this game coming up on Saturday? Because we are going to get into predictions soon. So, Oh, I'm sorry. And real quick, I'm sorry to cut you off, Todd. Somebody did ask, 
how how many points you need to make the playoffs. Yeah, right so I'm gonna say, I would it, say it's... between 42 to 48. I mean, last season, I was looking at that. I saw that too. Uh, last year, if we would have went to the 89 playoff teams like we're doing now, uh, Charlotte would have got in with 42 points. And you look years prior, I mean, 47 was around the same as well. So, yeah, I mean, anywhere between that 42, 47 range, you should be good to get in the playoffs. Well, back in 2018, 36 would have gotten you in. But, but yeah, so Things it's changed. Not, yeah, it, it's definitely not a, a an exact number. It's top nine, but on average in the low 40s, and you should have a good shot, which, which that means we're about 30 points away with 17 games to play. We need to win another 10 games in the next – Six, six, 16, 17. You need a miracle, basically. <laughs> when you have games, or, and you'll be messy. fine. <laughs> well, so, what was that, Todd? You got to win your home games, and you'll be fine. And that's the worst. That's the that's the craziest part. Versus from last season to this season, is that even at home we're not great. You know, it's 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 terrible to see. Honestly, I mean, we're so many games already into the season, and we can't even we can't even catch a break at home. So that's brutal, Danny. We have eight home games left. So. Yeah. All right. So, Todd, any reason to worry about Miami this weekend? Like, is there any fear outside of the goal situation? Um. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple, right? Uh, we, we, we hit on them where the union, they, they give up early goals. Uh, we don't have to beat that drum anymore. I mean, the union have conceded first goal in 10 out of 18 games this season so more than half of their games and during that stretch their three wins six losses two draws but at home they've only done that two times out of those 10 games where they're uh, one and one so uh, the union don't typically concede first at home so okay maybe that's a moot point because you know this game's played at Subaru Park um, and when the union are at home uh, they score the first goal in five games and they're undefeated in those five games so um, I, I don't know. I mean, probably not much outside of those two points that I just mentioned. Uh, the Union, this is the first time that they've played the Diamond in a while because uh, Ali Bedoya was out for a month with a quad strain. And so Jim Curtin no? said, you know, yeah, he's back now. He's on the bench tonight, played a couple minutes tonight against Orlando City. So it'll be interesting to see. All right, does it get to start against Miami over the weekend or? Uh, do they still keep him on the bench? Because when Bedoya was out, uh, the union switched up to a 3-5-2 formation, which uh, fans and media members alike have been calling for a 3-5-2 for years. The union have had good center backs, and uh, Damian Lowe has been definitely the best player the union have acquired oh, this season. Yes, yes. Thank you for bringing him up because I meant to bring him up. So Damian Lowe, you guys are happy with the acquisition uh, of Damian 100%. Lowe. Yeah, and if you would have told, I mean, we, I think we talked about this, or there were so many podcasts I was on at the beginning of the season, and they were asking me uh, what player I was most excited that the union acquired, and I said Joaquin Torres. He's been the worst. And maybe, I mean, it's hard for me to say Andres Perea has been the worst just because he hasn't been playing. And I don't know... If there's an issue with him and Jim Curtin, Jim Curtin doesn't really give us much information when we ask about that. Yeah. Um, part of it, too, I'm sure, is, you know, uh, learning the 442 diamond is difficult. Where he, uh, Perea was in Orlando, where they were playing uh, with two center defensive midfielders. And when you're playing as one of the outside eights, one of the shuttlers, you know, you have to learn those pressing cues when to pitch, uh, where to press, when to press. And some players, I guess, it's harder for them to understand that than others. And 
I'm not saying that's the issue because Jim Curtin literally won't say anything. He just says, you know, he'll get his chances. Uh, tonight he didn't play at all because he had an illness, so we'll see. Will he be available against Inter Miami? Not that he would play anyway, but Damian Lowe has been 100% a stud for the Union. Played in 12 games so far this season, 10 starts. Uh, had two men-in-the-match performances in CONCAP Champions League against Alianza and Atlas. He has two goals on the season. Scored his first MLS school last week or last two weeks ago. I forget the last time. Ten days, I think, uh, is when the Union last played, not counting tonight. Uh, scored against San Jose, and then he scored in the Champions League. And he, he's looked really, really good when playing in a back three. Playing in a back four, all right, we've seen a little bit of issues. But he's primarily played in that back three. And uh, that's been good for the Union because Jacob Glitzis, Jack Elliott, both of those guys don't have pace. And that's something that Damian Lowe offers. We've seen, you know, whether it be Atlas where they're they're breaking or sorry, not Atlas. Um, yeah, Atlas, Atlas. Uh, they're, they're breaking on the counterattack and Damian Lowe's coming out of nowhere, closing down that chance and uh, blocks a shot, intercepts a ball for the Union, tackles the ball, whatever. Um yeah, he, he's been good at that regard. Uh, his size, whether it's defending set pieces or attacking set pieces, both of his goals came off of set pieces. Um, the one negative, though, we've seen him has have a couple of mistakes. Uh, yeah, the Union really haven't asked him to distribute a lot. It's always been Jacob Glesnes and um, Jack Elliott. So I think the Union are aware of that, that you know he's the weaker passer of the ball compared to the other two center backs. And so mm-hmm. uh, you keep your better ball players on the ball and keep Damian Lowe off the ball as much as possible. And they've <laughs> done a good job with that. But the issues have been he's given up a penalty in Colorado, which was 100% a penalty. And then he would have given given up a penalty against New York City, but uh, Gabby Perea scored the goal before they could give the penalty. So uh, that gets waved off no penalty. So I guess Damian Lowe's a little bit fortunate there. But I, I would argue that Neither one of those were Damian Lowe's mistakes because both of those chances came from the Union turning over the ball, and now uh, the Union are rushing back. It's chaotic defending, and Damian Lowe's going in with a rushing challenge. But, I mean, it's been more good than bad. Those are the only two negative moments that stand out in 12 games from Damian Lowe, and uh, he won't be here this weekend because he uh, he's away on international duty, just like Andre Blake with Jamaica in the World Cup. Um, So... You know, that, that that makes me question, all right, will we go back to the diamond like we saw tonight? Jim Curtin said, you know, with Bedoria when he was out, we just want to get our best 11 on the field. Damian Lowe is one of our best 11, Jim Curtin said, so we go and play three in the back. And the union have got results playing three huh. in the back. But, yeah, it's crazy, right? You play Damian Lowe next to center backs, next to players that are actually good soccer players, and Damian Lowe doesn't look as bad as he did in Miami. It's crazy how that works Well, out. the thing is, he was our best center back last year. I mean, we had we were playing four in the back. He was one of the two center backs. And yes, he was the better he, one. And, and he was the best. And, like, I was, I was okay having him. I wanted him to be our third center back. And if we played five in the back, he could be one of the three – Center back, exactly. um, he's good as a third center back for yeah. the union. You ask him for an yes. occasional spot start, that's fine. You want to play him in a back three, that works just as well because he's playing next to two other center backs. He's playing next to Kai Wagner, who's one of the best, if not the best, left back in MLS. You have Jose Martinez, who's one of the best, if not the best, defensive midfielders in MLS. And Damian Lou's going to do all right, and he has for the most part. Uh, before we get into the predictions for this weekend, I, I did get uh, a couple answers back about the supporters group's question. All right, so everything is still kind of unclear. They usually get 150 tickets uh, given to them to split between the supporters groups. Mm-hmm. 
and usually the stadium that they're going to decides the prices they usually get charged about 35 to 40 dollars per person they're expecting that if those tickets are still allotted which they're they're hoping it is right they haven't gotten any confirmation that they're expecting that obviously those prices are going to go a bit up now they weren't able to answer if they are allowed to resell those tickets or if if it has to be just those i don't know if anybody's going to police that police themselves but that they, I haven't, didn't get any clear answer for that. But uh, but yeah, they're expecting to, to continue getting those 150 tickets that kind of go between all the supporters. Yeah, and that it's kind of like what I said before. It's you know they they have an allotted amount of tickets. They're gonna keep it priced at a pretty decent rate for the supporters that pay a you know whatever premium it is to be in the supporter group. Right. But the stadiums get to select how much they charge. For example, they were telling me that in Austin. They charge them seventy dollars per person. Yeah, or and, Austin's one of the worst in all MLS, which is a joke. Oh, and really? one of the newer teams in MLS as well. Yeah. Well, they, they said that they were they were upset that seven that they charged seventy dollars per person, wow. and I would assume with Messi, I, I hope in Miami doesn't play in Austin again anytime soon because they're going to be charging orange my leg. But yeah, the stadium decides how much. Well, Austin right. tries to be a little hip and cool and stuff, and all the you know hipsters want to live because of in Anthony Austin. Precourt. Look, he yeah. he tried to take the crew out of Columbus, and of course he he's looks, still gonna still gonna act the way that Anthony Precourt acts, and yes. uh, he's gonna upsell uh, his own fans, but he's definitely gonna take advantage of away fans, that's for sure. All right, so let's let's get into the predictions. Prediction time, Todd. Now you were very honest last time, and you said I think Philly's gonna lose. Now we and we all agreed, but we all thought that it was going to be because Rotation. you guys didn't play your strong eleven, right? Now, but we were right. So let's give ourselves some credit. We were right. I don't care how we were right. <laughs> so what do you see coming this Saturday? The Todd Father is going to bring the pain. Now you know that, right? Oh, he has to. I mean, if he's going to be honest about it, he has to. Yeah, I mean, the Union don't lose at home. <laughs> I think that's clear. <laughs> uh, the the only loss this season came against Orlando City, which is funny enough. Uh, both. Um, games against Orlando have came, uh, have come through a uh, international break, and uh, the Union tonight able to get a draw, lost at home, gave up two early goals, and that, that's going to be the key. And I know you guys say that Miami doesn't shoot a lot; they don't create a lot of chances. They're trash. <laughs> uh, look, dude, all it takes is the Union not to be there men- mentally the first fifteen minutes, just like we saw Pizarro. First minute of the game had a chance against the Union down in Miami. Who's to say that doesn't happen again? Joseph Martinez had a chance a couple minutes after. Who's to say that doesn't happen again? And um, it's got to be mental, right? It's got to be mental why the Union aren't locked in the first 15 minutes. But uh, it's at home. And this team's super depleted. And um, you guys heard me. High praise for Muta and Gregory, two of the most underrated midfielders in MLS. Mm-hmm. Both not going to be here this game. Both done nope. for probably the season. <sighs> yeah, this this could be uh, a bloodbath. Um, yeah, four zero <laughs> maybe. I'm not going to give a specific score, but Look. the Union aren't going to just score one goal. I'll leave it at that. They're probably not going to just score two goals. Uh, three plus. <laughs> Julian Carranza hasn't scored on Inter Miami yet. If he I'm correct. He's due, right? He's due. He's no, due. He hasn't. <laughs> He's due. He, he, he has nine goals. He hasn't scored in two, go- uh, two games either. So, so uh, I think that, th- and, and this, is, this is a take. This is a take. I'm predicting a Julian Carranza hat trick. Wow. 
That's how that's how I think Saturday goes down. I think that we lose three zero and all three come from Julian Carranza. <laughs> wow. I'm here for it. Oh, well, I know I, you are. <laughs> I, I think it's going to be an embarrassment. I think it is going to be like 3-1 or 4-1. I don't think we're getting more than a goal. I think it's going to be another embarrassing game for all the new Messi fans to watch this team in embarrassment and be like, what, what the hell is happening in South Florida? And what is Messi walking into? But I, I think it's more than just the fact that we're not good because that's part of it, right? We're, we're, we're not, we haven't showed to be a good side. We just haven't. But I think to add to the fact that we're not necessarily the best roster, mentally, with everything going, the circus that has been into Miami, and we haven't, we've only played one game since the announcement or two technically with the Open Cup. Like, do you think these players are in it? Like, if Pizarro gets on the field, he knows he's going to get bought out in the next week or two. Like, he's not necessarily in it mentally. Joseph and Campana, you know, they're all, they're like, oh, I can't wait till Messi's here. Look at these scrubs that are trying to give me a service. They suck. It's, it's, I think that it's like a recipe for disaster. The fact that we had Messi announced and it's like, all right, now good luck in the next two months until he gets here. Like it's, it sucks, especially since we have four more regular season games to go before he actually arrives. So I, I think that, um, (laughs) <laughs> I think that it, it's going to be a, a rough go on Saturday. Austin, I think, and I'm going to tell you the, the, the games that are coming up. We have Philadelphia on Saturday, obviously. Then we have the following Saturday. We have Austin at home, which is the which, only game. I think that, that I game is going to, I think that's the game where we're going to win. I think that's the whole reason it's going to be embarrassing this Saturday. I, I think that there's a chance we beat Austin. And then we have Columbus on July 4th, which Todd, by the way, I keep saying, and I really do believe that Messi will get introduced at halftime that game. So if you have a chance, buy tickets for that game so you can sell them afterwards. And then we have DC United July 8th. Oh, my God, we have five games. Oh, my God, it's not four, it's five. We have a DC United, and then we have St. Louis, which is Look at- the best team in the West. There's a real chance that if we don't beat Austin, we could lose 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. We can go on an 11-game losing streak before Messi gets here. That would be ridiculous, man. Really ridiculous. And the worst part is, is that you got Lucas here, you know, just shaming Mexi Messi. You know, why are you shaming Mexi Messi Pizarro, man? Why are we doing that? Todd, how awesome would it be if uh, Messi Messi's debut at the All-Star game? Dumb. (laughs) Of course, dumb. (laughs) I don't want that. (laughs) Of course not. It's a Miami player. Let him get introduced at Miami. Of Not course. the freaking All-Star game participating in the skills challenge. Please. Of course not. Come on now. I was joking, man. I want that. I want to be. Hey, I some of your people, some of your listeners might be like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, the people down yeah. in D.C., they're going to say, yeah, let, let's be the first to see see Messi. <laughs> of course these people want that. And I, I live in Maryland, right? Like, uh, I have friends that are saying, you, are you going to go to the MLS All-Star game? Messi might be there. No, I'm not going to go to a freaking all-star game. I don't care if Messi's going to be down there or not. One, it's DC traffic. And I don't know if I told this story last time I was on this podcast, why I wasn't a DC United fan and why I'm a Philadelphia fan. It's because the traffic in DC sucks. Yes, mileage-wise, it's closer. Yes, mileage-wise, it's closer to go down to DC. But I I just have to hop on I-95. Straight shot up to Chester. Get off. And it's an easier drive, a couple more miles than going down to D.C. But once you reach D.C., 
dude, you can be sitting in traffic. Like you could be in DC sitting in traffic for 45, 50 minutes and you're a couple blocks away from the stadium because traffic's that bad. <laughs> and I did not want to deal with that every single week, every other week. And I, I, I've been down to DC the last couple years to see Philadelphia play them. And I dread it every time I go down there because one, the parking's super expensive in DC Ugh. and the traffic, the traffic's the worst. And yeah, that's all major cities, but you know, it's the one positive of not playing in Philadelphia with the union playing in Chester. Uh, yes. A lot of traffic. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible down there too. I mean, the farthest I've been is Fort Lauderdale and I guess that doesn't compare to Miami's traffic, Oof, but no, man, a any major city's traffic sucks. And so that's why I was like, well, uh, let's see what what stadium can I get to faster? And it was Philadelphia, and so that's how I became a fan. <laughs> that is one hell of a way to start liking the team. But uh, hey, I got, what you, you got to think about when you you're in this country, right? We, we were talking about you know traveling from the east coast to the west coast. You know you got to fly to all these different states. And when I was in Colorado, um, I met this other journalist out there, Jose. Shout out Jose. And uh, I was thinking about you know their rivals is Real Salt Lake, and this is a mm-hmm. five hour drive over the mountains to Utah from Colorado, you know, they're what right next to each other. And it takes five hours just to get there where, okay, we're we're a little bit fortunate here on the East coast where we can drive up I 95 hit New York city, hit new England, hit New York Red Bulls, head down South, hit uh, Charlotte, hit DC. You guys have uh, Orlando, Orlando. a couple couple hours, that's it. Three hours. That's it. We got nothing else. So you guys are in the same boat, right, with yeah, uh, Real yeah. Salt Lake in Colorado. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? You know, it's a real thing to think about when you're trying <laughs> to travel. It's like this country is so big. And maybe, you know, people talk about uh, we, we need more more teams in MLS. You know, what about an MLS team in Tampa? Why not? I, I, I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that at all. Um, I actually I, see that coming in the future, with especially with Messi coming. I, I feel like Tampa. How would many be teams a nice... do you want in this league, though? We're, we're about to hit thirty. Every single sport has <laughs> yeah, like two, Don three, Garber four teams. Bring them all in. It's... Don Garber's not going to turn down. What are we at now? Half a billion Third, dollars to join MLS. No. Yeah, insane but amount of money. We're we have thirty we have thirty teams, teams now, with San from, Diego. From, yeah, uh, I'm with sure San we'll Diego. probably go to thirty-two. 32 makes, 32 is is the most we have in any American sports league, which is the NFL. But Don Garber is not going to turn down half a billion dollars each time. I mean, it's only going to keep going up. So you're going to have teams paying $750 million. Don Garber is not going to say no to that. So you're definitely going to put a team in Las Vegas. That That's for sure. Are you going to put a team out in Phoenix? Potentially, are you going to put a team out in Detroit? Potentially, uh, I mean... Look at the teams out west. There's not a ton of teams other than the California teams that, you know, are close enough. I mean, the East Coast, yeah, we're they're, very they're, fortunate here. Tampa, yeah. I can really, really see that happening. Midwest yeah. needs some teams. So, I don't know. I mean, there's definitely areas where you can expand. Um, but, I don't know. I, I mean, 32 sounds good to me. That's what I've always said on my podcast. But I, I mean, 32 sounds, down? sounds like a- yeah, I mean, we should get rid of one of those New York teams. I don't see what's yeah, the point of having. Let's get rid of. Uh, the, I hate let's get rid of the Red so Bulls. Let's get rid of City. City don't have a field. Let's get rid of City. Yeah, but they're gonna get a field. Maybe. Who the hell? What? And Maybe. Then, uh, Mr. Krebs. Look, I'll believe it when I see stop, it built. Stop! Stop making people go to New Jersey. Nobody needs to go to New Jersey. Don't put anybody through that. And nobody wants to go upstate to New York either. No, upstate. It's in the city. Nobody no, wants to deal wants, with that traffic. <laughs> he wants like a team I mean, in Albany or something. 
Uh, Lucas said, get ready to sell your tickets for 100K. Todd, I have a dilemma, and uh, we can start closing it out with this dilemma. So everybody keeps talking about July 21st and how expensive it's going to be to go to that game and how much I can sell my tickets for, right? I'm in the fourth row, right behind the goal. And I have two tickets, one for myself, one for my wife. Now, I'm thinking... I possibly go to this game and just flip my wife's ticket. Do you think that the money will get me something good enough that I can buy her to avoid a divorce? Hmm. Like, at what point do you start considering something? Well, you said you're gonna sell it for like. I would tell what's mine the, too. Yeah, you what's, the, what's like the number? Bucks. What's what's the over? What's the number that we need? The over under for you to sell the ticket, your wife's ticket, by the way. Yeah, I'm not saying mine. Yeah. Look, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a sap for that stuff. I'm, a, I'm a sap for those big historical moments and those memories. Like, I still like to talk about the fact that I was at WrestleMania 25 for that Shawn Michaels Undertaker match. Like, I, I'm a sap for that stuff. So, that's me. What's the number for you, Todd? I, I, I cause I don't know. I don't know what to do. I'm selling, dude. I told you guys. You but know, at what uh, price? Like, you set it for like a hundred bucks. If I no, told like you, hey, hey, no, 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 are you serious? But if all you were getting is a hundred, let me throw a number. All I was getting was a hundred. Am I yeah. selling? No, no, exactly. So if, I'm saying, let's say you're getting, let's say you're getting 750. What are we doing where now? your seats are, dude? I'm, I'm selling a thousand each. That's what I would sell mine for. And I'm right behind a the thousand. goal, too. A, a thousand? thousand each. Like, <laughs> look, well, my seats are actually going to be crazy enough. And my seats are row three, right behind the goal. And people will pay that. People will 100% pay that. And we talked about this earlier, and this is a great way to end the podcast if you guys want to end it here, right? People will pay anything. They will take the bands. They, they are not MLS fans. They are messy fans. Now, he, here's the issue, right, where, okay, h- how's your supporters? If you're in a supporter section, how are they going to feel about oh, um, my, my wife is apparently you selling watching. the ticket? <laughs> oh. oh, I dare you. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, caught in 4K. I, I, I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't sure. I didn't know she was watching. All right. What were you saying, Todd? Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, uh, <laughs> what a surprise <laughs> to have you on the podcast, right? Your, your wife's watching the podcast. And... Welcome. Wow. Maybe, maybe yeah. I. Maybe I. Maybe I'll sell my ticket and let her go. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> Does she want to go? Does she want to see Messi in his first game? That, yeah, man. She, we need look, I introduced her to soccer, and she she fell in love with soccer. She's all into it now. So she's. Well, I mean, look at. Mm-hmm. Look, look at what Hazel's saying. Sell both and buy a cruise to Europe. Yeah. What about that? But I'm a sap for all that stuff, man. Look, that, man. Like, like look, in the you're, future, you're, when you're, you're like, oh, Messi? do you remember Messi's first game? I was like, yeah, I was there. I, I was there. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a sucker for that stuff. But there is a number. Like, if, if, if people start offering me like six, seven, eight thousand, then I'm like, yeah, I think I might have to sell that at that point. But if it's like a thousand or two, I think I might swallow that and just go. I don't know. Look at Lucas. Yeah, 500. 500. 500. No way. No way I'm selling that for 500. <laughs> Look, I sold uh, my Barca oh. tickets last year for 600. Yeah, we got yeah. Barcelona came to, to town to, to go ahead and destroy Inter Miami. And I was like, why would I want to watch Inter Miami get destroyed? Like, I'm, I'm in it for the badge. I'm not in for Messi. I'm in it for Inter Miami. Now, I'm glad that Messi's coming. But last year, they're like, you're not going to go watch Barcelona? Like, no, I don't want to watch my team get slaughtered. So I sold them for 600 bucks. And we sold those seats for good money. Yeah, man. I, I got a, 
I got my season tickets paid off from just won that game. And that's so. exactly why I would sell my tickets. Okay, look, uh, full disclosure. Like, I have season tickets, and uh, I share them with my sister, so I never use my seat because I'm always in the press box covering the team. And that's fine. You know, I'm taking a loss on those tickets. But if I sold my tickets for this messy game, all right, now my season tickets are paid off for the whole year. The next year, yep. too, treat yourself someplace nice. I love traveling to different MLS stadiums, so now I can go to a couple games, you know, that's going to play for You play, can, not play. us. I can't go see Messi anywhere else. The tickets are even more expensive over there. Well, we, yeah, that's true. Yeah, being oh, yeah, that's true. Being <laughs> We'd have to game. catch you guys a random, to to random game. Yeah, you guys are going to have to go to random MLS games now. Sorry, you guys can't go and travel to see into Miami anymore. You guys that's talked right. about it last episode, wanting to come to Philadelphia to... Um, not an option anymore. <laughs> you guys can't come anymore. I'm sorry, guys. I mean, no, we yeah. would love to have you, but you guys are going to get uh, priced I don't, I don't know, Todd. Uh, Todd, I heard that uh, you have this one ticket that you just never use. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's go ahead and talk right we'll talk money but yeah, yeah. look uh people like as soon as it was announced that Messi was signing for into miami union fans n- the smart ones knew that he wasn't going to be there so they're selling their tickets in the supporter section 200 plus and people are paying this right and i was a couple hours behind because i'm i'm working and so i have my tickets listed right now still i think at 140 a piece Nobody's bit. I, I know a couple people that have sold at that price. Nobody's bit yet because I think now people are coming around realizing, oh, Messi's really not going to be at this game. Yeah. Yeah. But like at the start, like people, $200 each for this ticket. I was like, wow, like this could have paid for one full season ticket if I would have hopped on right away. My sister's like, yeah, oh, go yeah. ahead. Sell the other ticket. Sell my ticket. I don't care. Like, yes, yeah, it would be cool to see Messi, but obviously he's not going to be there. And like we right. had this discussion too, right? If Miami do somehow get into the playoffs, do we sell the playoff tickets? Probably. <laughs> Probably. Look, it's that first look. Uh, I'm going to tell you, we had uh, we had uh, our, our guest, right? Uh, it's IMCF Traveler. Go follow him on Twitter if you haven't already, guys, in the chat. And Todd, too. Uh, he's, he's great with the info, right? I don't know who he, he, has, he knows on the inside, but he knows somebody. And we had him on on Monday, June 5th. And he said, get ready to buy your messy jerseys before Friday. Like, he basically told us, hey, by the end of this week, it's happening. And I told him, get the hell out of here. It's not really happening. But, by the way, you guys should tune in every Monday and Wednesday because we get stuff like that happening. But, so, because he said that, it got me thinking. I was like, you know what? Maybe I should buy those. Because he told us July 21st would be his debut. I was like, maybe I should buy those tickets just in case. So, when I went to buy them, my seats were no longer available, which is row one. So, I got row four. And I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to get two tickets. Should I get more? She's like, uh, if, I mean, if you think. And then I got scared. I was like, but what if he doesn't come? And I just buy these random tickets. At least if I buy two tickets, I know I'm going to at least can go to the game. So what I did is I bought tickets to that game. And then four days later when Atlanta comes. So I got those two tickets. Hmm. I go ahead and I call Chris. And I'm like, you know what, Chris? Maybe we should listen to Trav. Maybe you should go in and buy these tickets. Chris, like a I dummy. Wait. I wait like 30 minutes. No, you didn't wait those, 30 minutes. It was like 30, 45 minutes. Those seats ended up disappearing pair by pair until all of a sudden Ticketmaster just crashed. And then I couldn't find any seats. And they took all the tickets off sale. Like, you cannot buy tickets to that game right now. You can't buy tickets to that game, to the July 4th game. You can't. It just everything just disappeared. And, I mean, I got lucky, and that's why I have my tickets. But uh, but Chris lost out. And you snooze, you lose. Yeah. So my wife might lose. <laughs> All right. Uh as always, Todd, 
you are well, actually you're the second person to come on here twice because Tommy yes. Two Time came twice. But we t- we appreciate you coming right after, especially after such a good win. Oh, now it felt draw. like a win, probably like win. a draw. Yeah, and Mikael so had sure... a chance. I don't know if you guys saw that to win the game. It hits oh, off yeah. the cross. Also post. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm sure you wanted to live that up. I'm sure you like you said your phone was going crazy, and instead of addressing all that and asking your questions, you came on with us. So we appreciate you for that. Uh, if anybody wants to follow up with the Philadelphia Union, especially any of the new MLS fans that want to hear about one of the better teams in the league, where could they find you? Yeah, you can follow um, the social medias, Pod on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Definitely don't use Facebook. I feel like nobody uses Facebook anymore, but it's an option for all the old heads out there. And I, I don't even know. Like, I think I haven't linked to my Instagram, but um, I'm not sure, honestly. Uh, <laughs> and you can check out the podcast by searching The Free Kick, uh, wherever you get your podcast, Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, it'll definitely pop up. Um, and if you want to follow me personally, it's at It's a Todd's Life on Twitter and Instagram. And then I started my YouTube page finally, uh, where I do uh, goal breakdowns of all the goals scored in, uh, in the games of the Union play. And you can find that by searching. Uh, ooh, what is it? Uh, YouTube.com slash free kick pod. And um, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me back here and especially adjusting to the time, right? You guys normally start your shoes at nine. You're like, now nah, we can do 930 and a little bit late getting in here because we had seven minutes of stoppage time. And it's like, man, I've, I've got to watch the rest of the stoppage no, of course. time after no, we understood. Owasso, my Jose Martinez. And um, you guys are great. And yeah. I, I think I said it last time too. Like, I love your thumbnails that you guys do on all your YouTube videos. I'm like, man, I, I've oh. got to, I've got to like take a page out of your books for my thumbnails on YouTube because it, it, like, it definitely helps. It 100%. It's all visual, right? And then getting a good title too helps as well i feel like and i'm like you know the video just throw messy in there care. yeah oh i know <laughs> just mention messy anywhere do you guys see uh now we're gonna get sidetracked no yet. go for it uh, some, somebody uh, i saw somebody made a fake uh messy video on youtube it said his debut against philadelphia union like three zero whatever and, and his first messy. goal yeah, exactly. And that like absolutely blew up on YouTube. I'm like, of course, I right? You just put Messi and then a picture of Messi in the thumbnail and you're going to get a lot of hits. But yeah, if listen, you guys want to follow were, me, that's everywhere. Listen, they were talking about Nick Marsman's Spider-Man bite and they didn't say Nick Marsman got bit by a spider. They said Messi's, Messi's new teammate. <laughs> God, like what? This guy might not even be on the team by the time Messi gets here. Like, what are we yeah. doing? Yeah. Uh, and w- w- one last thing I wanted to ask both of you, uh, because I-, I just randomly thought about it. What do you think about this whole Marvel MLS partnership that just randomly got announced? I think, you guys, you guys... I think it's I think creative. It's... I think, I think it's a creative reach. Do you think it's going to be like an actual kit, though, or is it going to be like the warm-up kits that they just do random warm-up kits all the time? Yeah, I think warm-ups. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking also. I think uh, it's a creative reach. I think that uh, I think that Marvel has a lot of fans, both older and newer, you know, older and younger people. So I feel like it's not a it's it's not a bad angle that they're taking. I don't know. So. And, and I saw that this mock up of a Captain America type jersey. It looks pretty interesting. I, 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 if they're going to announce it officially, it'll probably be soon. So I think they put that out for July 4th. So uh, we'll see about that. All right. Well, again, Todd, thank you. Everybody in the chat, as always, you guys are the best. I appreciate you guys sticking with us all the way to the end. If you are on audio and you listen all the way to the end, thank you. I appreciate you guys also. As always, like and subscribe, all that other good stuff. And Chris, do you have anything else for the people? 
get online and look up Todd the God stuff. It's the Todd Father. All right, guys, show some freaking respect. All right, for sure. Show oh, some freaking oh, respect. God. Oh, God. All right, you're wearing the shirt. Yes. Oh, and all yeah, and also stop by batteredfans.com if you're if you are a new Inter Miami fan, you need some Inter Miami gear. Batteredfans.com, uh, it got you with your black and pink stuff. Uh, I'm I'm gonna throw some Philadelphia Union stuff in there for you too, also Todd. All right, guys, thank you very much for listening all the way to the end, and we will catch you on Monday when we're uh, on a seven-game losing streak. Yes, you know we're the only team that has never drawn, Todd. The, has 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 there been a season when you go? A full 34 games and you don't draw? I have to look that up because I have a feeling we might do that. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm, I'm putting gonna me on the spot. To, I'm going to have to look it up. And uh, drop hats? Uh, not yet. I'm not on the hat game yet. We got the, the battered hair on hats, so we got those. But until then, we will talk more about the hats, the shirts, and all that other stuff on Monday. Until then, have a good one, guys.